today I'm joined by Megan Jaffer, who was a recipient of one of the INSA 10th Achievement Awards for her work with Amazing Women of the IC, also known as AWIC. Specifically awarded the Joan A. Dempsey Mentorship Award, Megan is one of the founding members of AWIC and helped to grow the organization, a grassroots organization, from 40 to 900 plus members. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of ClearCast, Megan. Well, Katie, thank you. I'm really excited to be speaking to you today. Excellent. Could you tell me a little bit about where the idea for AWIC originated and getting the organization started? Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. About six years ago, two of our senior members, senior as in rank, one of which was the Assistant Secretary of State for Intel and Research, Ellen McCarthy, the Honorable Ellen McCarthy, and Karen Diener, who is from KD Geospatial Solutions, were sitting at a GeoInt symposium, and I think it was over a glass of wine. They were just talking about ways in which they could kind of give back. And they had come up with this idea of a reverse mentoring group. They both had mentored a lot of women and men in the industry, and they thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had this group where there was this reverse mentoring effect? There are a lot of things we could learn from the upcoming generation as well. About a year later, which was exactly to the month, uh, five years ago, Ellen invited 20 junior and 20 senior women to her house. And we sat around and we just talked. You know, there was really no agenda. We did have someone who came to talk to us, but it was more just us, you know, getting to know each other. And what came out of it were a few things. The first thing was, I think some of the senior members in the room were kind of a little shocked that the junior members were still going through the same issues and problems that they thought they had maybe broken the glass ceiling. So we were sitting there thinking, okay, well, what can we do with this? We're all a part of membership organizations, women's organizations. What are we not getting from those that we could create ourselves? And I like to give the example of my husband, who has been in the industry for about 20 years, and he has never once had to apply to a job. He has been brought along by his wow. mentors, by his coworkers, by his friends. And we sat in that room and we said, we want to start doing that for each other. We want to create a women's organization, a women's group where we are promoting and mentoring each other throughout our careers. That night we said, okay, well, how do we do it? What, how can we start? And someone said, well, you know, the men do a lot of business outside of the office. So why don't we start a monthly happy hour and we'll have it the same time, the same place every month. So you know it's there. You can plan around it. If you don't make it one month, you know it's going to be there the next month. And so we did. We started the very next month. We've continued. It is at Circa in Clarendon the first Tuesday of every month from five to seven. We've had it there for five years. That was the beginning of AWIC. I love that the idea originated over a glass of wine and then you guys decided to do this kind of informal happy hour where folks feel comfortable to come. Again, like you said, no agenda. I think that just opens up 
sort of the discussion points. Would you feel that way in the happy hours that folks feel comfortable attending and it's just kind of open for whatever issues that they're running into? So I have a feeling throughout our conversation, this will be kind of a theme. (laughs) It is, I think, the single most important reason why AWIC has been successful is because it is, it was very organic, very grassroots, very intimate. We've had a lot of events at people's homes, some on purpose, some not, but we have recognized that people like that it feels comfortable. We've created a safe space where people in our community can talk. They know that it's a safe space. They can talk about their work when sometimes they might not feel comfortable talking about working in the IC or defense field with people outside that space, or they just have never really felt comfortable talking with other women about what they do. And we have tried very, very hard to foster a comfortable environment. That's so great. So are there any other things that members who join AWIC might be able to expect in addition to the happy hours and the meet and greets? Yeah, we started with the happy hours, but then we quickly added many other things. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have a committee of 10 women that we have tried to cultivate both junior, senior members on our committee from all over the IC, different institutions. We put on quarterly events. So we've tried to do it quarterly. Sometimes we might only have three a year. And those can be panels. They could be workshops. They can be keynotes. What we did early on, which I don't want to toot our own horn, but I thought was brilliant, was we did this thing called the Unconference, and we would host them in the beginning of each year, and we would invite as many members as could come. Usually, we would get anywhere between 80 and 100, and the sole purpose of this Unconference was to get our members' opinions on what they wanted the agenda for the year to be. So we would pull them in the room and we would do it in fun ways. And we would say, okay, what are the topics you want to hear? Who are the people you want to hear from? And how do you want these people to convey whatever you want to hear? Do you want it to be a workshop? Do you want it to be just one person? And so the members really made the agenda for us. So that's how we would plan our quarterly events. We have things called AMAs, which are Ask Me Anything, and those are relatively small. And we have our members usually plan those. We'll identify one person who's super interesting, doesn't have to be a senior member in the community. It could be someone who's up and coming and has done amazing things or super interesting, and we'll host it at a bar and People can come and just ask them anything, ask them about work, ask them about life, ask them about family. We do do social events like um, we we call them pop-ups. So we've done yoga event, we've done a wine event, we've done a dress for success event, things like that. We just started two initiatives in the past year. One is a book club and one I think is really cool which I would like to talk about maybe for a little bit, is our buddy program. So most people have a mentoring program, but I like to think our whole group is a mentoring program. And so we wanted to kind of whittle it down a little bit. And we noticed that, you know, we have some really junior folks in our group, and then we have really senior former directors of agencies. Sometimes when you're coming up through your career, you know, you have really basic questions. I think this is what I've noticed throughout my mentoring 
in the past few years is some of these women are asking like, how long is it going to take before my clearance goes through? How long does it take to get adjudicated? What, who do I contact in my agency for X? That's not something you want to pair a former director of an agency with that person to ask those questions, right? You want to mm-hmm. pair someone that is going through the same thing or has just gone through it. And you're kind of going through your career together and they can answer those questions because they just did it six months ago. So I was really lucky. My now best friend I met when I came to DC and we were introduced and we started, she was also in the intelligence community and we started going to these different events together. And it was because of her. I was very shy and so was she. We're both from the Midwest. We weren't those networking folks that go out there and can market themselves really well. But what worked for us was when we'd go to these events, she would say, I'd like you to meet my friend, Megan. She's amazing. She's done X, Y, and Z. She has this language capability. And I would do the same for her. And it was because I had that buddy that made it easier. And so we wanted to facilitate something similar. And so we just started that about a year ago. That's excellent. I think a lot of times and not across the board, but With folks coming in at the junior level, I think that it probably instills confidence and it helps them to sort of create their elevator pitch as they're teaching, as being the teacher for maybe more of the junior folks and members in AWIC, they're also gaining their confidence as well all around. It sounds like a really great program. Absolutely. Yes. It sounds like with it being a really membership-driven organization, in the five years since AWIC start, it grew from 40 to over 900 members now, and that's some really crazy growth. And it's probably because they feel like they own the organization. But I wanted to see what other, because I know you were a huge driver of that growth, so I wanted to see what are some of the other strategies that you implemented to foster a membership of the size that it is now. It's really interesting because Recently, I think partly because of this award, a lot of people have reached out to me from completely different industries that want to start their own group. I had someone reach out to me that has a small group in Maryland for autism, and they wanted to talk to me about how we grew our organization and if there were any parallels or best practices that I could share with them. So to go back to what we said earlier, it's the whole idea of it being a comfortable and intimate space. But what I like to tell some of our kind of alumni members that have been with us for a while, especially when they come to the happy hours and they're meeting new folks, or I know that new members are coming that night. I'll, you know, a lot of people will email me and say, hey, I have a new woman that's going to come. Can you make sure you say hi to her or something? And I tell the people that have been members for a while that, I don't want you to ask them about their work right away. So what we've done is usually if you come to a happy hour, we are going to get to know you first because our group is not just about where you work and what you do and how you're going to get ahead. We wanted this to be a group where we could lean on each other for all types of stuff. I want to be able to know you and know, oh, you're moving. Katie's moving to Reston. Oh, you know what? I know four women in AWIC that live in Reston and can give you contact people for a dentist or a doctor or a real estate agent, or knowing that you're going to be retiring soon from the military and knowing that you might want to start your own business. Well, I have five other people that have done that and let me introduce you to them. So really getting to know each other. So I think people 
feel that. Like I said, we are all a part of other women's organizations and professional development organizations, but I feel the reason why they have come and have stayed with us and have continued to invite new people to join us is because it's one big supportive group and we support each other in more than just our professional lives. When you do come to an event, it doesn't matter who's there. You can have a Tish Long, a Carmen Medina, a Sue Gordon. You're not going to feel like they're so far away. You'll feel like you have the opportunity to, to actually talk with them. And when you go to a lot of other events, they're kind of the celebrities off in the corner. And maybe you get a chance to take a quick picture, but you definitely don't get a chance to have a long conversation with them. And we have provided the space where you do get that opportunity to do that. It just sounds like the membership benefits with AWIC. I mean, I'm going to join AWIC if I'm allowed to. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> we will get you on the list immediately. Excellent. We've talked a lot about those membership benefits. I did want to ask for maybe our cleared recruiting or our partner employers that are listening to cleared cast. Are there ways that employers can partner with AWIC? This is where it's a little tricky because we are still self-organized and self-funded. We are not a formal organization. We're not a nonprofit. We don't have any sponsorships. We have not included, I would say, we have had a lot of kind of employer partner folks that have reached out and said, how can we help? How can we donate space? How can we donate food? How can we donate wine? How can we do all types of things? But because we have not formalized, and there are some reasons behind that, we can't include them in that way. But what we do and what we have been doing is helping them create smaller little groups within their company. So I remember at Human Geo, this was a geospatial company about five years ago, one of their executives had come and joined AWIC. I think it empowered her and she went back to Human Geo and she started a small little, I think it was like a monthly women's group where they did some programming and we'll help with that. We'll help organize, we'll help provide speakers, we'll do whatever we can to support, but what we have been very careful of also is we didn't like when I say that it's a safe space, we also didn't want it to be where a lot of our members felt like people were there kind of maybe recruiting them or trying to like business development type of activities being done. You know, this is really supposed to be just a gathering space for the women. That is to say there is a future of AWIC and it will change. I don't know how that's going to play out yet. I'm working with the committee right now to kind of plan our next stages. We are no longer 90 people or 40 people. We are almost a thousand and we are in constant discussions of what's next. And that could include being able to get our employer partners more involved. We're just not there yet. Okay, sure. Kind of switching it back to your members, I know that you've met tons of women to help them navigate the IC and it sounds like other parts of their life. What do you find are some of the challenges in navigating the IC landscape, whether it be from your own experience or from stories that you've gathered in your mentorship? So I think, especially with women and men who are coming into the IC and trying to navigate it, you don't know what you don't know. 
I know from personal experience how hard it is. If you're not a natural networker, it's difficult to go out there. It's difficult to meet people and ask to sit down and have a conversation. It's difficult to ask someone to be a mentor. And especially in our field, what I've noticed is there are kind of two camps of folks. There are people who have kind of grown up in this world. They might be from this area or they're pretty well versed in the IC or defense. They know someone who's been in the IC or defense space, or maybe their parent was in the military. And then there are folks that are not from this area, do not know anything about the IC, but they know they want to serve the mission. Come to DC saying, I'm starting from scratch. I don't even know where to go. I don't know who to talk to. What we try to, all of us that are mentoring throughout AWIC is just constantly letting them know that, look, we're going to support you. We're going to introduce you to the people that you should be talking to. And what I tell a lot of women that I specifically meet is, look, I'm going to set you up. Let's say I set you up with three people that I think you need to talk to because it sounds like, let's say you want to be an analyst or that's what I've gathered. I'm going to introduce you to three folks. And then I want you to go and have coffee with those three folks. And I don't want you to leave those coffees without asking them to introduce you to another three folks. Then that's another nine. And I want you to continue to do that. Not necessarily because that next person they're going to introduce you to is going to get you a job or it's going to help you get promoted, but you're going to learn something about the IC that you didn't know before. And you might find out that there's a job you never knew existed and it's perfect for you. And you wouldn't have known that if you didn't go out there and you reached out and learned about things you didn't know before. So I think that's one thing. I think the other problem, and even for me, when I first started, was articulating what it is I really wanted to do. There are some people where it's super easy for them. Maybe they are a coder or they know they want to be an analyst and that's, they have a specific area in mind and they've always wanted to do that. But there are a ton of folks who don't really know. They maybe know an area. They know they would love to work in the geospatial space, but they don't know what that looks like. I find that the more people you talk to, the more people that mentor, I think every person you talk to kind of mentors you. It shapes how you can articulate what you want. And sometimes you have to talk to 10 people and then you really can figure out, yeah, no, that, that's what I want to do. I want to be this. And then now I can start marketing. Now I know this is what I want to do. And I can go out and I can tell people this is what I want to do. So I find that those are the two challenges I find the most when I'm meeting with people. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that, you know, when you are sending someone who's entering the space or entering the job search or new to the field, talking with three different people and then asking, don't leave those conversations without getting another person. That is key advice. That is so great. So is there any other advice that you can offer our audience that is maybe thinking about pursuing a career in national security or maybe entering the job search again? Be tenacious. Be perseverant. Be patient. It is going to take time. It took me eight years. Eight years. And if you really, really want it, you can have it, but you have to, you have to work. You have to not give up. Chances are you're going to apply to an agency. You're not going to get it right away. You might apply three times. And I think what new 
people to the IC don't realize is that people tell them all the time, oh, that's common. It really is. It is rare that people get in on their first try. And so I tell them, be patient and think outside of the box. When I first got here, I, first of all, didn't have a job and I knew I was coming here to work in the IC. I knew it was going to take a long time. So I took a job just to pay the bills, but I needed to keep a foothold in this area. So I started going to the INSA events, Intelligence National Security Alliance events. And I was working at a nonprofit totally unrelated to security, intelligence, defense, but I got off at four every day. And so I had gone to the vice president of INSA at the time and I said, hey, I get off at four. I would like to volunteer with you guys. I'll do anything. I'll stuff envelopes. I'll answer phones. I just want to be able to be in this space. And they were very gracious and amazing to me. And so I started working at their registration tables for all their events. Well, you know what? Most people, when they think, oh, I have to work a registration table, might be a low job or something that's not too sexy. But that was the best thing I could have ever done because I got to meet every single person who came in, in government and in industry and in academia, all in Intel and defense. I got to know them by name. I got to know what they did. It just, I would say, think outside the box. What else could you be doing that can set you apart or get you more information? Almost leaving your assumptions at the door and just be willing to put in that work, like you said. So the INSA Achievement Awards are for individuals in the intelligence, national security, homeland security communities, other senior leaders who basically just inspire success. And it sounds like you've done a ton of that. You have amazing ideas. My last question for you, I wanted to see what are some of your next goals to meet within the intelligence community for AWIC? I know that you said the committee is thinking about the next stages of life for AWIC. Are there any that you can disclose at this time? I would say number one would be continuing to create, continuing to foster this environment of promoting and mentoring other women, because it shouldn't just stop with who we are mentoring in right now, but having them grow up in this culture now so that they're doing it for the next round. And then the women will be doing it for the next round after that. So just continuing to grow on this kind of movement of mentoring, empowering, bringing each other along throughout their careers. The other thing I would say is kind of a personal maybe goal for AWIC and its members is I kind of feel like we're a culture that likes to stay behind the scenes, right? We do our job and all of us want to contribute to the mission. And most of us don't want accolades for that. We just love contributing to the mission. And what I really would like to do is especially these senior women who have committed their life to service and are retired now out of government service and maybe doing other things is trying to get them recognized. I know it's not their nature, but the reason I bring this up is literally last night, I saw this thing, I think it was on Forbes magazine, and it was asking for nominations for 50 women over 50 that have done amazing things in different industries. So I posted it and I said, how about we as a community recognize the women of Intel and defense? We have some amazing women like Tishlong, like Sue Gordon, like Teresa Metzer, like Joan Dempsey, 
who have done amazing things and they've run agencies. I believe they should be at the seat of every table. They've run huge organizations. And so I would like to start promoting and getting them recognized, getting them on panels so they can talk about their experiences and not just in our space, more in this kind of global or international arena with other powerhouse women, because I feel like they deserve that. But that's just something I've been thinking about. (laughs) You have used your communication skills and leadership to help grow the amazing women of the IC. And it just shows in this conversation how you want to highlight some of those women, like you said, who might not be looking for a trophy. AWIC members often report that a new job assignment or opportunity resulted from an initial conversation with you. So I, again, just really appreciate you joining me today for this episode of Cleared Cast. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cleared Cast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com. 